Hello and welcome to Under the Lights, episode three. I am your host, Cameron Major. What a week we've had, what an episode we have in store for you. Um, today, we're going to be talking about Liverpool and recapping their season triumph. We're going to be predicting um, and reviewing the upcoming fixtures for this week. And we'll be giving you our fantasy football steal of the week, the player you must have in your team. Um, today, I'm actually joined by a very special guest. I have known this man but I want to say around 15 years now. Um, he is a lifelong Liverpool fan. He has travelled around the world with the club. And I think I could safely say that, was it, I think, was it Wednesday night, Danny? It certainly was, my friend. It was Wednesday night. Might have been the best night of this guy's uh, life. Is my long-time friend, uh, Danny Jovacic. Danny, welcome to the show. Thank you. How are you? Yep, very well. All good here, but I think you must be pretty better than me. Um, I'm kind of interested to see how you're feeling now. How has it season been? Uh, it's been good. It's been good, you know, go, getting up in the morning, going to work, you know, reading newspapers, looking at the news. It's finally sinking in that finally, for the first time in my lifetime, we are league champions once again. Our 19th title. Don't let Sky Sports or any Man United fans joke you that is our first ever title, as we'd <laughs> like to believe. Um, it was Thursday night. I'd just like to uh, recap that. Uh, my mind slipped as well as yours. It was Thursday night, uh, the night where Chelsea put Man City to the sword and uh, we uh, captured the title. Absolutely, absolutely. So you've followed Liverpool um, all your life, lifelong yep. Liverpool fan. How did it feel at full time on Thursday? It felt good, you know. I was with, obviously, with the COVID, there's not a lot of people you can watch it. We can't go to the pubs and enjoy it with our friends or colleagues. So um, I watched uh, the first half with uh, my missus, Ellie. We were in here watching it. And then, obviously, when, when the half time came in, Chelsea were winning uh, because I thought City would win the game personally before the game but Chelsea were winning I thought you know what I've got to spend this time with my dad because we've spent all our lives watching Liverpool together whether that go into the game or on television so half time I said to Ellie look I'm going to my dad's house see you later basically <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> we watched the rest of the game then it was just it still didn't really sink in that we won it you know um, but yeah there you go we won it You've won it. You finally, you've accomplished it. You and you deservedly won the league. I don't think there was any questions about that. Um, obviously, I guess there must have been a little bit of relief because that, a, a few weeks ago, because well, around a month ago, when the season there was talk of null and void coming in. Yeah. Um, but obviously, we came back to football. What were your feelings during that period where we were uncertain if football was going to resume and we were uncertain of what was going to happen with the league? Well, to tell you the truth, Cameron, it's a bit like the five stages of grief. You know, I was depressed a bit. I, you know, I didn't want to admit that it happened. Uh, I didn't want, you know, to, that it was going to be null and void. Then I suppose towards the end, I started sort of thinking, well, yeah, it probably is going to be null and void for the safety. Then I saw the French league go. I saw the Scottish league go. I saw the Belgian league go. I thought one by one, here we go. It's coming on the WhatsApp groups that I've got. You know, all the Chelsea fans, the United fans are saying, it's coming, it's coming. And I sort of accepted it in a way. I, I didn't want to believe it, but I thought, you know what? Let's go again next season. Let, let's win this, win this. But but then slowly, slowly restrictions started being lifted. I started thinking, you know what? It's going to happen. Obviously, the Bundesliga came back to BT Sport. Everyone was watching that, starting to put bets on that. It started getting the ball rolling. Other leagues across Europe and the world started getting underway. And, and that's when I felt, you know, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And, uh, well, yeah, like I said, over the course of the season, we have deserved it. And, um, but yeah, very happy man as we speak. Yeah, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's any argument that Liverpool haven't deserved this league. They've been by far the best team. Um, had one loss, I think, against Watford. Um, apart from that, they haven't lost the game in the Premier League. Um, Jurgen Klopp. Let's talk about Klopp because I think the majority of Liverpool fans will say things started changing at Liverpool when Klopp joined the club. Would you agree with that? And kind of you had saw that momentum building. You saw that he was building a team that yeah. was going to compete for the league, won the Champions League, um, got to the Champions League final season before that. So what has Klopp done for the club in your eyes as a Liverpool fan? You've had a number of managers 
over the years that have had success, but not necessarily domestic success. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts on Klopp? What, what has he done for the club? He's been immense. I think what Klopp has done, he, he's reinvigorated the club, but he's taken us to that next level. Before that, in the last 10, 15 years, we've always been a side that have, you know, we've always, to be fair, we've always had world-class players. Wherever we finish, whether we're in the Europa Cup, whether we're in the Champions League, whether we finish in eighth, seventh, we've always seemed to have, like with Fowler and then Owen and then Gerard, uh, Suarez, Torres, uh, and now obviously you've got the front three now. We've always seemed to have one or two world-class players in our side that have kept us going. And But what Jurgen Klopp has done is thrown in four or five more world-class players. He, he, he's, he's reinvigorated that club the fan base. Obviously, Rodgers before him, he got close. He did get close. He lost out by two points to Man City. So it wasn't a case of we're from nowhere. I know a lot of media outlets are saying when Jurgen Klopp took over, we were 10th. But I think that doesn't paint a a very accurate picture because people look at that straight away and go, oh, they were rubbish. And now he's taken them to be well beaters. I don't think we were rubbish, but he has taken us to a more superior level. And like, well, the signings he's made, look, the signings he's made, I don't need to tell you, Van Dijk, Alisson, Salah, Mane, I don't need to tell you about the signings he's made, they're, they're proven winners, I don't need to tell you about the trophies he's won us, speak to himself, but the man himself is just a breath of fresh air, he's like a kid at Christmas, running down that technical line, jumping every decision, the way, you know, his face, it's a breath of fresh air. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that stands out for me with Klopp, I think, is the player management. Um, you, you mentioned some of the players, world-class players that you've got in the team now. Maybe not necessarily world-class players before they join. So, I mean, we could all see the talent of Van Dijk at Southampton, Mane, Salah, um, when he was at Roma, Alisson. But they seem to have come to Liverpool and they seem to have gone up a few levels um, under Klopp. Would you agree with that? Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I think that is a fair assessment. I mean, look at Mane. We all knew he was a Premier League player. We didn't know he was a, a world beater. You know, we didn't know he'd be in Champions League finals. He, you know, we didn't know Salah. We had our doubts about him because of obviously what happened with Chelsea. So, you know, these players, they weren't, like you say, established world-class players. Now they are. Van Dijk at Celtic. Celtic fans will tell you he was class. Southampton fans will tell you he's class. But since... I believe he's, he's the, one of the best players in the world now under Jurgen Klopp. And I think Jurgen Klopp does have to take some of the credit for that. I think his man management, like I said, he treats them like family. You've seen, all seen the pictures, the videos. You know, he puts his arm around them. He hugs them. He, he loves them. He loves them. And that's what players need. And, you know, that's what players want. I think they're all like brothers now in that team. Like, back in the day, your Man United, they all like... You know, everyone's against us. We're all together. We're one. We're brothers. That's the sort of mentality we've got now. And I think, you know, like I said, Jürgen Klopp now, I mean, people are joking about him putting a statue of him outside Anfield. I think it is a bit premature for that. But if he continues this team, if he continues, and I know we will talk about the future in a few minutes about, you know, transfers or where we go from here. But I think it's a bit premature. But if he keeps going on and we end up winning the title, say, maybe two, three, four times, winning another Champions League. I think, you know, that's a real possibility. He would have a statue there. If you look through the history of our club, well, if you look at the history of our club, there are only a handful of managers who've done Premier League, Champions League, you know, so, or English League, if you will. So I think, you know, that is a possibility in the future. Yeah, no, 100%. And the thing with Liverpool at the moment is it doesn't seem like this is a one-off title. Like, they're going to win the league and then they're going to disappear next season. It feels like there's a real momentum at the club that they can sustain this um, for a number of years going forward. Um, I'm not I'm not going to put Klopp and put him in the Alex Ferguson uh, kind of bracket just yet in terms of, you know, Ferguson had that sustained success over 20 years. But I do see momentum at Liverpool and I see that they could potentially, you know, go on and win three, four titles as you were. Um, But 
Where do you see Liverpool next season? Um, do you see that they can sustain success? Where do you see the challenges moving forward? Not just kind of outside the clubs and other teams, but uh, uh, kind of internal challenges as well. Um, I think last season, I'll just touch on last season before I go into the future, because it's on the same sort of theme. At the end of last season, we finished one point behind City. You know, we, we had an incredible season. We won the Champions League, but in the league, we still finished beyond City. So we didn't mm-hmm. win the league there. And everyone, everyone, the fans, the media, we were all asking, what's Klopp going to do? You know, we've got to keep this momentum. That's the word you want to hear, Cam. Momentum. We, how were we going to keep that? And do you know what he did? He did nothing. He did nothing at all. But mm-hmm. he kept that momentum. So sometimes it's a bit of a, you know, a strange one. I do believe now, now to stay on top, we should buy. I believe we should buy now. There are players in the world who would love to come to us, who drop everything to come to us now. I believe we're at that stage. You know, champions of Europe, still technically champions of Europe until the finals played. We're world champions. We're English champions. You know, who wouldn't want to come and play for Liverpool at this current moment in time? With Werner, Tina Werner, that's been discussed. We were favourites to sign him. He's not gone to Chelsea. Um, Obviously, I would have loved to have Tina Werner at the club. I do believe that he probably decided against it as he wasn't guaranteed a, a starting place. You know, who's he, who's going to make way for him? You know, uh, these are proven world-class players, in my opinion, Firmino, Mane, Salah. How's he going to get in that team? That's probably why, as a personal level, he, he didn't choose to come to Liverpool. Because he knows, because of Chelsea, don't get me wrong, a big club, uh, European champions, they won the Premier League. But he will get in that side over Giroud, over Tammy, over Hudson-Odoi, Batsoi, Bashroi, sorry. He will get in that side. So, you know, it, that's a problem we've got as well. How do we fit people in? You know, maybe maybe another central defender, but then you could argue Gomez. I, I believe Klopp knows what he wants to do. I, I hope he does bring in new signings. And also, he will get the other players performing better because they think, oh, no. If I have a bad game, I'm out the team. Do you know what I mean? To keep it, keep it going, the momentum. Absolutely, absolutely. And do you do you think the signings that Liverpool are looking to kind of bring in, possibly next season, are going to be more squad players, but also squad players so that you can make more of a run at the domestic titles as well? So look at FA Cup, League Cup. Look at potentially going for all four: um, Premier League, FA Cup, League Cup, and Champions League. Um, do you think it's going to be more squad signings? Uh, put more lineups out um, in those competitions? I mean, certainly over the last few years, that's what it has been. Shakiri, yeah, Adrian. These are two signings that have gone under the radar. They're squad signings, but they've been very, very good for us. Look at Adrian. Alisson, I think, got injured in the first game. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was the first game. And uh, against Norwich, I believe, at home, he got injured. And Adrian had to play the next, what was it, 10, 11, 12 games? And we didn't lose under him. He performed well. He, you know, he won us the Super Cup in the in the penalty shootout against Chelsea. That's a squad player helping. You know, look at Origi. Origi's not a starter, but look at the things he's done. The goals he scored. Look at Shakiri again. The goals he's helped chipped in. So I think we have been building the squad. I think, like you said, that is an option because like the injuries this season. Touchwood, obviously, I don't need to say Touchwood. We've won the league now. Uh, it still hasn't sunk in, really. But we don't need to um, risk injuries all the time. Because if we've got a, a, an 11 of world-class players, littered full of world-class players, obviously, there's always a risk of an injury. So the squad does need to get bigger. And I think, like, if you look at Man City's squad, I mean, this season, obviously, I think Liverpool have been better than them this season. But if you look at their squad, their bench, the bench, that bench they put out against Burnley last week, you know, it, that's that's where I fear Liverpool, they need to improve the bench, who we can bring on. You know, of course, we've got Oxlade-Chamberlain, Shakiri, Origi. we got people that come on and can do little cameos. But when you've got like Sane on the bench, you've got Aguero on the bench, De Bruyne on the bench, it, it's, it's a different level. So... You know, that's where Liverpool, I think, do need to strengthen. Yeah. And and touching on City, I mean, we can all see the talents there. Um, I think that City this season, 
I think the lack of Vincent Company, the impact that he has had on that team is from a leader standpoint, mm. is really they've missed that massively. Um, whereas I look at Liverpool and I see I see Jordan Henderson, I see Van Dyke, and I see two real leaders of the team. Yeah. Would you say that's a fair to say that City kind of have lacked that this season? And they might like that going forward because, you know, Fernandinho, David Silva, these are players, David Silva's guaranteed to lead. I'm not sure if Fernandinho is leaving next season, um, but he could be. Are these, Do you think that's where Liverpool have kind of had the edge over City? Yeah, yes, absolutely. I think I think company was he's one of the best players in the City's history, for sure. Um he was a leader. He was everyone could see that. He was a natural leader. I'm not just talking about that goal he scored against Leicester. For years, he's been the man at the back shouting at players. He's been the man at the back. He's not scared to go up to the Aguero, to Sterling, shout them or put them up, put his arm around them and tell them what's what. This season, they have lacked a leader, in my opinion. I mean, if you look at Edison, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he's shouting from the back. I wouldn't. For you know, he jumped into Laporte. And, uh, no, Garcia knocked him out the other day and he's laughing. And yeah, it's, it's always harder as a goalkeeper as well. Yeah. I think yeah. It's on the pitch, you're looking at centre-back, centre-midfielders, kind of as that captain figure. But yeah, no, I, I totally agree with what you're saying there. It's kind of looking at City and thinking, where's that player? You know, yeah. De Bruyne yeah. isn't that character. He's a great player for, you know, can't deny that. Aguero, no. great player. Sterling, great player. But they aren't that person that's going to, you know, say, come on, lads, let's let's bring it, bring everyone together and no. move forward in the team. Um so, kind of, what? That, let's give us some examples of kind of players you think Liverpool could look to sign that would improve the team, um, improve the squad. Because it's, it's kind of as you said, this season, you know, they had the injury to Allison early doors, um, but Adrian can step in. And with a goalkeeper, I feel like sometimes you can get away with an injury. Um, yeah. But if Van Dyke would have been injured, for example, we would have then seen some real adversity to that team. Um, where do Liverpool kind of, where, what type of players do you think they should bring into strength and what positions do you feel that they need? You touched on centre-back earlier. Yes, yes. I touched on centre-back because obviously Gomez is another one who's been injured uh, the majority of the season. And, you you know, you've had Van Dijk in there. He's been evergreen. He's a colossus in there. So, obviously, you're not looking to take him out. Matip and Lovren, if you look at Matip and Lovren, Lovren is prone to mistakes, as you well know, as a lot of people well know. His heart's in the right place, and he's a good defender, as in when the ball comes to him, just get rid of it. But he he, he often gets outpaced, balls mm-hmm. in the air he struggles with. So, you you know, you would be looking to replace him. Matip, I wouldn't say, you know, he, he don't get me wrong, he's good, his run's going forward good. But I think one world-class centre-back with Van Dijk, would be amazing, would be mm-hmm. uh, totally improving. And, you know, don't be, don't get me wrong, we're already at that level, uh, defensively-wise. Yeah. I think we conceded the least goals in England, is that right? Um, let's have a quick look. I've got the table up just in front of me here. Um, Liverpool 21, yep. So Liverpool have conceded the least goals. Um, surprisingly, have a guess at who's conceded the second least goals. Um, I'm not sure, is it Chelsea? Leicester City. Leicester City, that does surprise me. Um, and that, uh, I'm going to throw out a name, Soy Unchu. You know, well, that, yeah. Would you take him? I mean, on the season form, yes, you probably would. But would he get in ahead of Gomez? As a That's the player? question. Yes. But would he? He's, he's not that well class player to get in the Liverpool team. Yeah, uh, think... and that's the issue. Like, are these players going to want to come? Not, as you mentioned, Timo Werner earlier. Yeah. Probably didn't choose Liverpool because he's not guaranteed a starting space. So, yeah. kind of what what players do you feel like? What just give us some examples of what players you think could join um, and would be happy in that squad player role? Someone like Harvey Barnes, someone like that from Leicester City, maybe could be interesting for for a team like Liverpool. Well, yeah, I mean, even that man you just mentioned, that Turk Soyunku, I think he'd be very happy to come and and, and fight for a place, knowing he wouldn't start. I think, you know, that's a level we're at with, well, with European champions. He's at Leicester. OK, Leicester won the Premier League. But I think he would relish that, that Soyuncu. He would relish that. A, a defender, obviously, we all know the, the world-class defenders in the, in the world. Uh, you know, um, I think PK, they're getting older now, players like that. I mean, they probably, they probably struggle to get in the Liverpool side now. But I think Klopp, he's probably got a list of a few players 
in no more than anyone else who he wants in. But a world-class player is what is the only people that will get into our side. Otherwise, like you said, squad players are what we need to go for. Yeah, and, and a name that has been linked with Liverpool. Yeah. And I, I would almost argue this man is maybe the most exciting player in the league at the moment. Uh, Adama Traore from Wolverhampton yep. Wanderers. Yep. Um, he's not getting regular starts at Wolves, um, mm. but seems to be the substitution everyone would love to bring on. Um, he wouldn't get regular starts at Liverpool either, but he's that player that, you know, if you're in trouble, he can come on and light up a game. That type of player, would you be happy with that in the team? Um, see, is that see, the I'm type gonna, you think? I'm going to say something a bit controversial here, and I don't think the, the, the listeners will agree with me, but I'm I'm not that overly, overall impressed with Adama Traore. Yes, he's, he's made good assists and he, he scored goals for Wolves. I get that, but Watching him play, I don't. I think he's just a he's a one trick pony in my eyes. I think running, strength, and and running, he's fast. He's he's one of the fastest in the league, in my opinion. But I, I don't, his overall gameplay, I don't see it that be being that great. If I'm being honest with you, and I know a lot of people might disagree with me, but that that's my opinion on Adama Traore. I don't know what your opinion is of him. Um, no, I can certainly see where you're coming from. Um, what I would argue against that is that statement there is probably more relevant to Traore in previous seasons. I think this season he's added that end product. Um, we've seen the link up with Jimenez. Yeah. Um, he's added that. He's always been able to beat a man and get down the line. In previous seasons, he hasn't been able to put the ball in the box in the right position. This season, he seems to have added that to his game. Um, so I, I would say... I think he would be an asset for any club to have. What I would also add on to that is I don't think he would start for any top team on a regular basis um, mm. because he's not he hasn't proven to be consistent enough, but he's also that player that's perfect to bring off if you need a spark to bring on to yeah. the pitch. I need a spark. I need someone that can go past the man that's going to have a go at it. Um, and he can beat someone just off his pure pace. Um, he's a defender's nightmare, really. So if I was any of the top teams and he's available, I would certainly be looking at potentially bringing, bringing him in. Um, we're going to touch a little bit more on Liverpool and then we're going to jump into some predictions. But we spoke about it earlier, Liverpool sustaining this success over the next few years. Yeah. Do you see... So for the next season, um, if, we were to give you a, if we were to give a prediction now... Do you think Liverpool, where do you think, firstly, where do you think the main competition is? Which teams are going to be, is it going to be City again? Um, and I say again, there haven't really been that much competition. It's 23 point difference. Is it going to be Chelsea? They're making some signings. Manchester United look reinvigorated with that Fernandez-Pogba combination moving forward. They'll be in the market for some players. Where do you see the competition? Do you think the league's going to be closer than it has been this year? Um, I believe Man City will be up there again. It all depends on um, July when the court returns the appeal uh, mm-hmm. of the Champions League ban, in my opinion. Champions League is the holy grail of the city. The Arab owners want it. Pep wants it. They want that Champions League. And, and, and I personally believe that that is why they haven't been as prolific in the league this season. It's because they're chasing that Champions League. Listen, don't get me wrong. I love the Champions League. But for the last couple of years, the Premier League, it, you know, Liverpool have wanted that. The fans, I think the players, the management, they wanted that. In parallel, City want that Champions League. If City's ban doesn't get overturned or it gets reduced to one year, next season they'll be going all hell for leather for that title. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? They've got the money to strengthen if they need to. You know, Fernandinho, he's on his last legs. David Silva's retiring, you know... <sighs> Aguero, these players, they can't do it forever. So, so it all depends on that on that uh, ban for them, I believe. Man United getting stronger. I don't think, I do not think they'll be challenging for the league next season. But they would definitely be a hell of a lot stronger than they've been this season. Chelsea, again, are strengthening. They've been linked to all sorts of players this, this summer. You know, um, but I still think it's, it will be between Liverpool and Man, United, uh, Man City, sorry. Yeah. Um, and would you say City, you, we've, we've touched on the Champions League ban. If they're given that Champions League ban, though, the other side to that is they might, there's some players that might want to leave the club. You know, if it's more than, a, I could see players staying if it's a season, but if it's longer than one season, you're like, so De Bruyne, you know, they want to win 
trophies and trophies in Europe. Um, they could possibly leave and City might not be able, you can't really replace a Kevin De Bruyne. So um, they could be weaker in some aspects. Well, yes, but you know what? Kevin De Bruyne, if you put a price tag on him, how much is he worth? 200 million now? Do you know what I mean? Who's going to realistically afford these players? They're still under contract. It would take a big, big money move to sign De Bruyne. You know no, absolutely, I mean? absolutely. But but what we have seen in previous years gone by is that player power has grown. So if a, if a player typically wants out of a club, um, yeah. they do get their way. Yeah. Um, now, with the coronavirus and the impact that has had on club's finances, whether yeah. a club could come in and afford Kevin De Bruyne and to buy him, that's another topic. Um, well, you're not suggesting by any chance, Mr Major, that... PSG were going for him with their money that they've got from Mbappe they told to Liverpool. You're not suggesting uh, that, Mbappe yeah? to Liverpool. I thought he was going to Newcastle. It's Newcastle. Oh, yeah, Newcastle. Um, who knows? Who knows? Mbappe. Um, it would, so it's a, it's a question, Mr. Jovicic. If, if, if you're offered Mbappe, do you, do you put him in instead of Firmino next season? Well, I suppose you, to Mbappe, the wages he demanded. The, the stock he's got already as a young lad winning the World Cup. I know the French League, people, a lot of people don't obviously put that in the same breath as winning like a Premier League, but he's won the French League, he's won the World Cup, scored in the final at such, such a young age. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So I suppose he would he would fit straight in, whether that be over Firmino, over Manny, over Sally. He would, in my opinion, fit yeah. straight in. This is the thing with Liverpool, though, now I feel like the. The team is so perfectly balanced, not just in terms of talent, but in terms of playing for each other. Like, yeah. Firmino is unselfish. He's happy for Salah and Mane to take the plaudits. He's happy to provide the assist instead of the goals, for example. Mm. Plugging in a striker that goes and gets you 30 goals a season doesn't necessarily mean the team's going to be better. It, you know, it's, it's, you've got players... In, that know their role in the team, which is yeah. really important. So your likes of Wijnaldum's, your Henderson's, um, James Milner when he comes off the bench sometimes starts, you know, yeah. players like that. Really important. And that's it. That, that's where I think Liverpool have also had the edge on other teams as well in terms of just players being... You've got your selfish players, you've got your unselfish players, but they've had that balance throughout yeah. the season. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree, Cam. I agree with you 100%. I just think if we're talking about improving... How can we improve? I don't think, you know, every team can improve. Like your Man United, when they won the league, they didn't just stand still. They improved and improved. Yeah. I think we can improve. There's still room for improvement at Liverpool. Um, you know, <laughs> I tell you what, to improve us, we need a world-class player, in my opinion, to, to, to drive that. When look at Luis Suarez. Now, I'm not suggesting for a minute that um, uh, Rodgers' squad or team was better than Liverpool's team now. But the likes of Sterling, the likes of Stoich, the likes of Gerrard, everyone upped their game when they had Suarez playing for them. Suarez is the best player. He's probably the best player, Liverpool player, I've seen live. And that's a big statement because people would just say, oh, Gerrard. People would just say, oh, no, well, Owen. But in my lifetime, he is probably the best. And that's not just because of his goals, because his work rate, because of his will to win, his will to win, which perhaps got him in trouble a lot of times. But that that attitude, win at all costs, is what drove the players on to nearly win that title. If we have a player like that, I'm not saying Mbappe is that player, but if we have another addition and they've got a will to win that makes every player stand up and think, hang on, we've got to get better. That is what we, we, we are looking to get. Absolutely, absolutely. Could it, and just to touch on kind of improvements as well to the team. Do you think um, Klopp might start looking to bring in younger players, um, make signings from some some younger players? Just because we spoke about you know how long can Liverpool sustain success, and you always saw kind of Manchester United's like the perfect example of a club sustaining success over a long period of time yes. in the Premier League, bringing young players in. You know the likes of your. Cristiano Ronaldo, so your Wayne Rooney's no Rooney side of the side, but Ronaldo didn't, and he came on after year and year. He got better. Do you yeah. think that Liverpool are now going to start maybe looking at some younger players to bring in to kind of look for three, four years down the line? Well, this has always been the um, the common um, debate, hasn't it? What what people are doing with their youth academies? A lot of t you know, you talked about Man City with Foden, 
can talk about, you know, Chelsea and people like Mourinho and they, their refusal to get in young players. But I do believe that, um, you know, I do think we need a younger player, a younger player to come in to maybe from Liverpool, like your Trent has. Obviously, he's still young. We need a young player. Obviously, he's playing the kids a bit more this season. You know, your Harvey Elliott, your Curtis Jones, players like that, of that ilk. I do believe youth is important. And, and I think Klopp thinks that as well. I do believe Klopp thinks that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think I think definitely going forward, we, we need to bring a few kids in. Definitely. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. What we're going to do now, Danny, we're going to move on to the um, predictions for this week's fixtures. Okay. Um, so... Got another full-on fixture list um, coming up. We're going to run through to Sunday's fixtures. Um, so we're going to actually start with tonight's fixture, Crystal Palace against Burnley. Yeah. Um, just so everybody knows the rules, we're both going to give a prediction um, on the games. Three points for a correct score, one point for a correct result. See if you can beat the major. Um, okay. And give a bit of a kind of... A summarised kind of your opinion on the teams, how they're done this season, the kind of the relegation battles, if any are in them, kind of the Champions I, League spells. Can I just cetera. ask, how did Walshy get on? Um, I think we still, we actually gave a prediction for tonight's game. So I'm going to have to update that next week in terms of the results and the points. But we will have a league table up soon um, okay. that will have every guest. Absolutely. Uh, Walshy, I know... I had the I had some correct scores as in mine as well, so we will see. We will see. So Crystal Palace Burnley thoughts on this game, prediction on this game. Well, both sides are on the same number of points. Come, they're both on. Uh, uh, is it forty two points? Both sides after lockdown are not looking the best. Although Palace, they came out the traps against Bournemouth. They're looking very much more aggressive now. But I'm not sure if Zaha it will be fit for this game, will he? I'm not sure. Have you heard? Uh, no update. No update on that. No, he got injured against Liverpool, didn't he? Look, I think Palace, you know, if you look at the table, they're not that far of the Europa League places. And we all know Hodgson likes the Europa League. You know, he's been to the final with Inter, been to the final with Fulham. I've travelled around Europe with him in the Europa League with Liverpool. I think he'd be eyeing that up, you know. And, and at home to uh, Burnley, you just been tranched 5-0, and it was a drumming. It was a bad result for them. Mm-hmm. By City, I think their confidence will be low. I think Palace win this 2-0. Okay, okay. And just just to touch on what you said there, uh, Palace being not too far off the European places, to give a summary of how close this season and the league is, kind of outside of, you got Liverpool, you got um, far away from City, then you got City who are ahead of Leicester, then you got Leicester, Chelsea, Wolves, um, kind of for Manchester United that Crystal Palace are 10th, and they're yeah. only three points off Spurs in 7th. Um, yep. So that kind of shows you it's not far off. Um, and you look at teams like Sheffield United, Arsenal, um, that haven't had great restarts. Um, and you could, the points can quickly add up. Um, Burnley, I believe some of their players haven't signed contract extensions. Um, I think they're, miss, they're missing a number of players last week. Um, I agree with you in terms of Palace have started well. They've started the restart well. They've got... They've got players that can change a game. You like yeah. to have your Ayus, um, Zaha when he's playing. Um, Benteke, I'm never, Benteke is a weird one. Oh, he's like Van I like him. I like him. Yeah. Um, so my prediction on this one, I'm going to go Palace 3-0. I'm going to go 3-0 Crystal Palace. Um which takes us on to tomorrow night. We've got Brighton against Manchester United. United have had a fair bit of momentum um, since the restart. Bruno Fernandes has certainly reinvigorated the team. Paul Pogba's looked sharper. Um, Martial as well. He's looked super sharp since the restart. What are your thoughts on Manchester United since the Premier League's been back? Since lockdown, well, even before lockdown, United have been, uh, you know, informed. They're unbeaten in the last seven, beating City on the way. I think United with Fernandes, he's starting to show the class he, he possesses. Look, we can talk all day to the cows come home about Pogba. I'm sure we all have. Uh, but he's still a great asset in that team. Martial, Rashford, a hit in form. I think United win this. And let me see. My prediction is 2-0 to Man United. 2-0. 2-0. Yeah, it's also, if I can just touch on Brighton, I personally think Brighton, look, They've enjoyed their time in the league, but this season I think they'll be safe. But 
I look at their team, I look at Mopé. Yeah, he's a great, good little talent. He's a good little player. I saw him against Arsenal. But if you look across their, their, their squad, their team, I don't see anyone that stands out that can, you know, they've got Dunk, Moye. They, they, they're, they're average players. But I don't really see much in that team that's, that's going to get them going. I, I don't see that. Uh, next season, I think they will go down. Yeah, um, they they could certainly, um, and as you're saying, you know, there isn't that much exciting excitement coming out of Brighton. Um, what I will say is there is a young lad up front which I do like um, that has, has seen some game time this season. Aaron Connolly, um, he's looked sharp when he's come on. He's looked exciting. Don't think he's he's ready for um, sustained Premier League success. But if they were to go down, I do think that lad could um, light up the championship. Um, Looking at a prediction, Brighton, Manchester United. Manchester United have been super sharp um, since the restart. Brighton, they've got a few results since the restart as well, so definitely wouldn't count them out. But um, I'm going to go 3-1 Manchester United on this one. Um, Which takes us to Wednesday night. And, I mean, outside of kind of Liverpool's success, one of the teams that have been in the headlines and in the discussions the most this season has been Arsenal. Um, We've all seen... Kind of David Luiz and where he's, how he's performed, etc. Um, which has been a big talking point. Gendouzi, is he going to come back for Arsenal? Um, Arsenal Norwich. What are your thoughts on Arsenal? What are your thoughts on Norwich? Norwich destined to be relegated this season. Is there any hope for them? And can Arsenal make a late push for Europe? There's no hope for either of them, Cameron. Arsenal won't make Europe, and Norwich are down. Norwich have been down for. A good few months now, we've all known it. The start of the season, Timo Puki, they, they, they pushed well. They've got a few results. One, one beat Manchester City, if, to correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, they had Buendia, Cantwell. They're all performing. I think because they were the new team, I don't think a lot of the more established Premier League teams knew how to take them. But I do believe they've been found out now. Uh, similarly to Sheffield United, who I think now are going to go on a downward spiral. You know, they lost to... Uh, uh, heavily to Newcastle, to United. I think they're now starting to drop as well. I think you see every year in the Premier League, a team starts well, comes out the blocks, you know, win-win, you know, all the media headlines are on them. But I think now it's a championship team. I, you know, I, I don't, I cannot, even though Arsenal are going through, well, a pretty terrible time at the moment, I can't see um, them beating Arsenal. I can see them scoring. I've gone for a, 3-1 home win to Arsenal. Okay. It's interesting you say, like, you know, everyone kind of you get found out. What I mentioned last week on, on the podcast was that the style of play that Norwich had, they tried to replicate what they did in the Championship to the Premier League. Um, so, you know, that style of play where it's pure football and, you know, it's not, there's not a defensive kind of nature to the team. Do you think mm. that's that's the teams that come up, they struggle with that when they try to replicate that type of football? So to, to give you like a, it looks like Leeds United are going to be promoted. And Leeds have been an exciting team in the championship um, yep. this season. So for them coming out next season, I could see possibly the same, same fate as Norwich in terms of coming up and trying to play for pure football like they have done in the championship where they're beating teams by three, four goals. But then you effectively come up against other teams that are more organised, can play better football. Do you think that's that's something that can happen? I think that's a fair assessment. Although you look at that and you think, well, hang on, look at Wolves. When they came up, obviously they did have quality players already in that side. Players at Norwich and perhaps Leeds won't have. They, they already had those Neves. They had Jimenez. You know, they, they had these quality players. So if you look at Wolves now, they're a success story from the championship. But I think it proves that you need that talent. You do need that talent in there already. And mm. have Leeds got that? Did Norwich have that? They had that with Pukki, some people might argue. But that's where, that's how you know they're going to sustain Premier League, you know, survival and move on. Yeah, and just to be honest, with Leeds, I, I am interested to see who they would sign because um, players like Patrick Bamford, etc., I don't think he's Premier League standard, but I do see some talent in that team. Um, and the manager can play a big part in possibly keeping them up, but we will see. Um, season's not yet done in the championship. Um, for a prediction on this one, I'm actually going to go score draw. I'm going to go 1-1. I think there's oh, going to be more, more more, drama for Arsenal. Um, interesting. Yeah, I, think, go score draw. I think the thing with Arsenal, just touch on this quickly before we move on, 
Uh, as I know, you know, I don't want to... We've all talked about Arsenal this season, including last week on the podcast with Walsh, you talked about it. But the players they've got, the Aubameyangs, even the Ozils, I know he's not really getting a start, but he's won leagues in Madrid, Champions League, World Cups. These players... They're not going to stay there much longer if Arsenal compete, don't compete for that Champions League. You know, Lacazette's they're getting old now. Aubameyang, I know you mentioned, you know, maybe a surprise for Man United twice bid, but these players and and I don't see where where it goes well for Arsenal. I can't see it. All I know is, come when they play Norwich, I do believe they they'll have to squad and the strength to beat Norwich, footballing wise, and I think Aubameyang will get a couple of goals. Yeah, I've uh, I've captained him this week in fantasy football, so I certainly hope he does. Um, but but touching on kind of what you said there, these are world class players. Yeah, if Arsenal don't get any European football next season, are they going to want to stay? You know, um, that's certainly an issue that Arteta is going to have, and I don't envy Arteta. I think that's a tough job to come in as your first uh, managerial role. Um, Bournemouth versus Newcastle. Um, Bournemouth, I've mentioned this on the pod, have looked terrible this season. Uh, well, since the restart. I'm not sure. They looked okay at the beginning of the season, but it's been a downward trend. Mm. Um, Newcastle have shown some signs of improvement. Um, likes of St. Max has looked sharp. Um, Matt Ritchie's looked good. I think he's been playing as a fullback, actually. Um, and Joel Linton's looked kind of a bit of a handful up front. Um, what's your prediction for this game? Now, I've been looking at this game and... Newcastle have definitely started the better after the lockdown. They, they put Sheffield United to the sword, and I think they were very unlucky to walk away with a point against Villa. I think St. Maximum made a lot of good runs in that game. They had a lot of good chances. Andy Carroll came close. I think Newcastle this season, a lot more players are playing better under Bruce. Like Almond's come in, he's improved. Joe Linton, St. Maximum. They've got some good players now, starting to, and they're starting to perform now. Um, West Bournemouth, I think personally they're my prediction to go down. They're one of my predictions to go down. I I can't see um, any light for them at the end of the tunnel. Callum Wilson isn't performing how he has been the last couple of years to get him that England call. Obviously players like Frazier are, are, are not have not got a future at the club. Younger players like Jordan Ibel, Solanke, both former Liverpool players, they've not delivered. They were bought in for big fees to to be the youth to deliver. You know, Solanke's won an under-19 World Cup with England, I think. They're just not delivering. It's not happening anymore. And I, I, I worry for Eddie Howe because he's done well for the club, but he's like a Tony Pulis. He did well for Stoke. He did very well for Stoke. And he got them as far as he could, kept them in the Premier League, mid-table. And then when he left, it just went downhill. I can see the same happening with Bournemouth. I can see mm. Eddie Howe perhaps leaving or going down straight away, like I said. And, and the dream's over, the Premier League's over, uh, and that's where I see Bournemouth going. This game, I think, 2-1 away win, Newcastle. Okay. It's quite interesting to say that, you know, Eddie Howe, kind of the parallels to Tony Pulis. Eddie Howe was linked with Spurs, linked with Arsenal, linked with Everton, um, so big clubs in the Premier League. Um, and he's he was even linked with England, I believe, wasn't he? He was indeed. A lot of people were calling, you know, get a young, young manager in. Um, yeah. And now look, you're not going to see those clubs come, those same clubs come in for him. Um, I could see, yeah, I see relegation for Bournemouth. I don't, I've not seen anything that tells me that they're capable of staying up. Um, the performances on the pitch have been, you know, very, very poor. Um, yeah. Prediction for this game: I go three-one Newcastle. Okay. Um, and yeah, I could see, I could see Eddie Howe leaving. Um, if they're relegated, I think he. I do think he's got potential as a Premier League manager. I think he's better than the Championship. I just don't think that. I think. I don't think the players are playing for him anymore, which which isn't great as a manager. Um, Everton v Leicester, one of the interesting games um, from Wednesday's fixture list. Um, Leicester for me have been the disappointment since. Yep. Coming out of lockdown, they've just they've not looked on the pace. They've. I don't know. They were looking so good before as well. You had your Madisons, your Harvey Barnes, Tillmans, Vardy. They were looking super sharp, um, scoring lots of goals. I don't. I think they've scored one goal, and that was from their left back Chilwell um, since the restart. Yep. Lost against Chelsea uh, in the FA Cup in the quarterfinals again. Thoughts on Leicester because they were they were they were still in that Champions League spot, um, but they're going to have to improve if they want to keep it there because Wolves and Man United are starting to breathe down their neck. 
Yeah, I was thinking about this this morning, actually, when I was looking making some notes for the podcast. I think the Fox has been very slow. I think since the restart, Jamie Vardy's been sluggish. Madison has not been nowhere near the form he has been. Shamichael's been playing well, but, it, you know, it's all very well. But if your strikers aren't performing, I've got this as a close game. I think this is a 1-1 game. The reason I say that is because, like you say, the strikers of Leicester aren't performing. Everton, they're a good team. They've been improving this season. You, you know, they were in the relegation zone this season. So I think mm. Carlo Ancelotti's got them in a good place now. They drew against the champions, Liverpool, So and they beat Norwich. So they will be going to this game with confidence as well. I think, you know, Calvert-Lewin, he's Everton through and through. I think he, players like him, Gomez, I think Gomez is is a class player. With Charleston, he needs to improve for me. He's not showing the form he's had in the past season with uh, Everton, where, you know, he was looking on fire. Um, I think this is a 1-1. Yeah. Um, no, he's, he's kind of the first assessment. Richarlison still had a good season, I would say. He still scored double double digits. He's not an out-and-out striker. He had to play up front for a period this season when Calvert-Lewin wasn't firing. Um, so, I do, I still, I, I think he's had a good season. Um, Carlo Ancelotti definitely has made a uh, big difference, world class manager. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting one because you don't know. It, it's hard to see next season for Everton will be a big season because the owners kind of you know invested a lot of money. Um, all signs point to possibly investing more next season, but what COVID does to the transfer market, how teams are able to spend money, etc we're going to be able to see because that could have an impact on if Everton can improve because there are positions that need improvement. Um, I have to back Everton um, heart overhead. Um, my head would probably go over 1-1 as you've mentioned, but I will go 2-1 Everton um, for this game. Um, West Ham versus Chelsea. Massive game for West Ham. Um, yeah. Bit of a derby. Thoughts? Well, my thoughts are West Ham... I think they got decent players. You mentioned, I think I spoke to you before, about this Antonio, uh, Anderson. They have got some good players, uh, West Ham. I think Karen Brady alluded to the fact she wanted it to be null and void because I think she saw they were going to be in a struggle in a, in a relegation dogfight. Um, but I believe they'll stay up this season. However, this game, I can't see them getting anything out of. I think Chelsea, they proved their strong unit now. They're in the semi-final of the FA Cup from last weekend. I think, um, you know, they got Tammy Abraham to, I think he's keen, he's young. He, you know, they want to, I think over the course of the, the team, Jorginho's class, Kante, I don't need to say about Kante, their keeper's improving slowly, slowly. Their keeper's starting to repay some of that money they spent for him. Uh, I can't see anything other than a Chelsea win here. I'm going to go for a, a 1-0 Chelsea away win. Yeah, um, yeah, totally agree um, on Chelsea. But the only thing I'm going to disagree with is I think Chelsea scored more goals. Um, really like the look of uh, Pulisic since the restart. Um, I think he's he's one to watch, certainly, for next season. Um, and Chelsea are going to be an interesting seed, uh, team next season. We spoke about it last week, the signings they're making. Um, definitely putting some intent out there that they're looking to com- uh, improve and compete. Um, prediction on this one, West Ham 1, Chelsea 3. Um, we go with Chelsea 3. I think there's more goals. Um, Sheffield United against Spurs. Um, Sheffield United haven't looked great coming out of the restart. Um they did, I thought they played they played well against Arsenal in the FA Cup. They were unlucky to lose that game. Um, Spurs they looked okay. They looked good last week um, against West Ham. So, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on Sheffield United? Um, and give us a prediction. Well, as we alluded to earlier, and how I said, I think they're on a downward spiral now. I think you know they got beaten by Newcastle convincingly, United convincingly. I think Tottenham uh, team now we were going to try and push on. Europa League, if not to try and get to United and Wolves. I don't personally think Tottenham can get there. I think Wolves and Man United are the two sides that are going to be battling for that last Champions League spot or the fifth place, or that could get the Champions League. Um, But I can see Tottenham winning this. I think, you know, since the lockdown restart, they got a draw against uh, United, Tottenham. I think they're showing a bit of fight. Harry Kane in his last game with a great goal, to be fair to him. Showing, you know, he's a world-class player, showing what he can do. 
Again, I'm going to go for a Tottenham. I'm going to go for a Sheffield United nil, Tottenham three. Tottenham three. Um, okay, there's bold, bold move um, at Sheffield United are at home. Um, I see what you're saying, kind of Sheffield United. I think I think what's been people haven't spoken about enough. I know he's got rave reviews. Is uh, Henderson the goalkeeper? I think he's won them more points than people know of. Um, yeah. I think he's been sensational. And when a team does well, it's great to say, oh, the goalkeeper's in form. But he's actually winning them points. When your goalkeeper's winning you points, it's it's great in one end. But it's also how long can this go on for? Because, you know, he's not going to be able to save every shot that's coming at him. Yeah. Um, I do think it'll be a close game. Because I do think Sheffield United, they are a well-organised team. Um, manager seems to have had a good relationship with the players. Um I think Spurs will win 2-1. I'm going to go 2-1 Spurs. Um, we're going to make Manchester City-Liverpool the last prediction this week just because we're running out of time. But as a Liverpool fan, this must be great. You know, you come out of, uh, after winning the, the league title and your next game is against Manchester City, kind of your big rival over the past two seasons. I mean, I think Manchester United giving you the guard of honour would be a little bit sweeter. But um, you're going to see Raheem Sterling give you the guard of honour, Pep, etc. Um Thoughts on that? Is it is it sweet that it's Manchester City being the first team to give you that? And what's your prediction? Well, you know, it is sweet. Of course, it's sweet. Seeing players like Raheem Sterling, you know, you know, he's he's not been uh, quiet on the fact uh, that he wanted to leave Liverpool when he was still a Liverpool player. You know, that still left a bit of taste in a lot of Liverpool fans' mouths. You know, obviously, constantly booed every game that we played them. So that will be a, a sweet sight to see um, Sterling club for sure. Uh, Pep Guardiola, yeah. To be fair, I think he he knows you know we were a better team this season, and I think he he knows that he's he's not an idiot, Pep. Although his ego will not allow him, in my opinion, to arrest players. Even though the title's gone, he will still want to beat us. He will still want to put his marker down for next season to say, look, we're not going away here. So I think he will, you know, I think this will be a tough game for Liverpool. Liverpool, you know, the the champions, and maybe that might play on their mind. But it will also play on City's mind, is the fact that we've both got nothing to play for. So we're mm-hmm. both going to go out and enjoy ourselves, and we're both going to play our football, not worrying what happens if we lose. Um, so it's going to be a tough game. I can see this being a Liverpool, well, it's that City, isn't it? Sorry. Mm-hmm. Manchester City free, Liverpool free. Oh, high scoring, high scoring. Um, definitely high scoring. Um, kind of, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things. I think as a Liverpool fan, you, 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 now you've won the league, the, the remaining games, do you think it's important for Liverpool to kind of keep up their form and, and end the season in form on a good note? Or do you think that's not necessarily too much importance now? I don't think it's of too much importance. You know, we've always discussed about running after records, you know, trying to get records and beating records, Man United's record, Man City's points and the goals. And I don't think that's much of importance. Obviously, we do, we do want to go out on a high. We do want to, um, you know, show that for next season, you know, we're still going. We're still there. We've won the league, but we're still a professional outfit, still winning games. But like I said to you, I don't think it's that important to, to focus so much on records. I think we just got to go out there enjoy ourselves now and, and showcase our football, you know, give the players more confidence. I, I think that's what we need to do now. I think that's what we need to do. The fans, obviously, whatever score lines they're going to have from now until the end of the season, we're all going to still be happy. We're still going to be, you know, buzzing. So I think I think there's less of an importance on records and statistics, you know. I think it would just be Liverpool now from the end of the season just going to enjoy themselves, you know, conduct themselves in a professional manner, and try and win every game like that. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I, I get what you say. I mean, it's, I do think it's important to. I don't, it's, it's difficult because it's not like the least done. So he's not necessarily playing for too much apart from the records. And it, but it's always nice to see the teams still, you know, conduct themselves professionally and, and play as they would play any other game. Um, it would be an interesting game as well because, as I said, Man City. They're not going to want to, first of all, they're not going to enjoy giving Liverpool a guard of honour. Um, and secondly, they're going to want to then come out and say, you know, we are still your top competition and next season's going to be different. Um, and with that being said, it's a team with two great attacking lineups. 
I don't think Manchester City defensively right now are going to be able to keep Liverpool out from yeah. scoring. Um, no, I believe they need a centre back. I do. I mean, the only. I mean, I'm trying not to be biased here. There are many, many a well-class player in that City squad, but in their defence, the only defender I do rate in that team is Laporte. I don't. Yeah. Rate, I don't really rate Stones. Well, when I say I don't rate these players, I mean I don't think that they they are at the level of Premier League champions, of European champions. Laporte is company worse. But Otamendi, I don't see Otamendi as a well-class player. You know, John Stones, that's where that's where they're struggling. They've had Fernandinho play there because, do you know what? That's why Fernandinho's playing there, because Pep trusts him. OK, tongue-in-cheek, he got sent off last week. But Pep trusts him because Fernandinho is a quality player. He trusts him over his defenders. Now, that yeah. must tell you a lot as well. Absolutely. And the thing, the thing with Manchester City is, I think, I'm not going to, I can't sit here and say... Mendy's not a good player and Kyle Walker's not a good player. But then at the same time, I have to take them for their position. And I think yeah. well, they are defenders, but are they good defensively? Are they liabilities defensively? I don't think they're world-class defenders. Um, I do like Laporte. Um, I think he fits into what Pep wants. Pep wants to play out the back. He wants to kind of mimic that Barcelona style. Um, yeah. The issue with that... Can be that the Premier League is a lot. More, it's an intense league, and you're going to see teams come out and put more pressure on them. That being said, I mean anyone that would watch the Newcastle game yesterday and just saw Manchester City keep the ball so well. Kevin De Bruyne, you know, arguably best midfielder on the planet at the moment. Yeah. Um, they haven't got Aguero, um, so Jesus. This is a big game for Jesus, I think, up front because all signs have been po- have been pointing this season to Jesus being the number nine for. City next season, um, mm. you know, kind of taking over from Aguero. So I want to see if he can do it against world-class defenders. Um, I, I, th- I think he can. The only th- issue with Jesus I have, I mean, I went to uh, Rio uh, la- uh, last July, last summer, for the Copa America final. He got sent off in that match. He's got a, he, he needs to, he's still a young player, don't get me wrong, like Rooney. They all needed to work on their aggression. They all need to work on their... Um, you know, installing their mindset to calm down, play their game. I think Jesus has that in his locker to to be Man City's frontline striker. I really do. But I think mm. he needs to just you know, grow up a bit more. I think he, people need to put their arm around him to help him develop as a player. But yeah, I do think he has a. Um, I do think he could be City's number nine main striker in the coming years. He could be. He could be. I think. I think they need to add more goals to his game, as you said. Kind of score these scrappy goals that sometimes you see Aguero score, you know. It's not always going to be one-on-one with the goalkeeper. Sometimes you've got to it's putting yourself in those positions that Aguero puts himself in. Um, what I'd really like to see from Man City, I'd love to see Foden get a start in this yeah. game. Big game. Um, been impressed with him since the restart. Looks like he's, you know, Pep came out the other day and said, you know, we don't need to buy a replacement for David Silva because we have their replace, his replacement in Phil Foden. So... With that being said, I'd love to see Pep get behind the lad and give him the start. Let's see what he can do against world-class opposition. Because um, I, I really rate him. I think he's he's definitely going to be a big player next season. Um, in terms of my prediction for this game, um, I'm going to go Liverpool 3, Manchester City 2. Man City 2, Liverpool 3. Um, I just don't think City are as sound defensively as Liverpool I do think there's goals in the City team, which there are as well. Um, so that kind of re- recaps um, or gives the predictions for this week's upcoming fixtures. Um, yep. Final segment of the show, fantasy football. Who has to be in your team this week? What player would you want in your fantasy team? Who's the bargain by? One player, one player only. Everyone knows the rules. Who is it, Danny? Well, I'm going to go against the green here and tell you a player that I do not possess. Because I've already made my transfers a bit hastily. But like I alluded to today, and when I read into the games more, I think Aubameyang is the one to watch. And you said you've captained him. He's not in my squad. I'm gutted. But I think he will be the one to get points this uh, this week. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting, interesting. Certainly hasn't hasn't started on fire. Um I think I like, I like Aubameyang. He, he is a world class player. Uh, he, I just don't know what position he's playing at the moment at uh, Arsenal because I, I don't know most of the positions they're playing players in. Uh, I'd love to see him play as number nine, but seems to be on on the left most of the time. Yeah, um, it seems to be a bit of a 
like Pep Guardiola's situation in Fernandinho, Arteta trusts uh, Aubameyang. He doesn't trust him. Uh, he doesn't trust the team when Aubameyang's up up there on his own. He might be wants a well class player, a hard worker to to track back, to pass, to get the ball, to to make Arsenal play better. Maybe. Yeah. But in Arsenal, interesting that they've been playing Enketia um, as starting number nine instead of Lacazette. Um, mm. I mean, Enketia was at Leeds earlier in the season, so that that I, I find strange. Not to say I don't rate the player, because I think he's shown some talent. Um, but Lacazette's a quality player. He's he's been sitting on the bench. Although he, he started against Sheffield United. Um, my player then um, for this week is going to be Martial for Manchester United. Um, Bag to hat trick. Last week looked sharp. Good combination with Rashford. Um, United seems to be in good form as well. Um, so I'm going to go with Martial. We will see who scores the most points. Um, interestingly, I gave out um, St. Max last week. Um, annoyingly, he did get man of the match. Star man for that game, but didn't get any assists or goals, which was disappointing. Um, well, that's it for this week. Thank you all for listening. Um, thank you, Danny, for joining us. It's been great having you on. Um, we'll definitely get you on uh, in some future shows as well. Thank um, you. Not a problem. Thank you very much. So, guys, like and subscribe and over and up. Thank you.